This is a conversation about swing thoughts. I really enjoyed this chat that I had with Dr. Noel Russo. And last week, you might have heard the podcast on swing thoughts. It was kind of a, a compilation of a few different things. But I wanted to share this unedited version, talking a little bit about his research that he's done, a little bit about the practical aspects, since he is a, a golf coach. And uh, yeah, just share this entire thing for you all to follow along. It was a good chat. I enjoyed it. Lots of good stuff in here. Let's get to it. You are listening to the Golf Science Lab podcast. My name is Cordy Walker, and I'm on a mission to figure out how to improve the way that we learn and get better at golf. I've been able to travel all over the world talking with leaders in the industry, from instructors to researchers to golfers themselves, learning how they're getting better at golf and what that means for you. I want to start, I guess, like, how would you define swing thoughts? What is swing thoughts? What does that mean to you? Well, swing thoughts is, from a research perspective, it's going to be, you know, mechanical cues that happen during your swing. But, um, I mean, for us as golfers, I suppose there's anything that's going on in your mind related to your swing while you hit, which, you know, which is a, is a distinction because often a swing thought, you know, is often just a feel and some kind of vague vague idea of, of a feeling of a movement where other swing thoughts are obviously a lot more bulky and cumbersome to deal with and, and technically focused. Could you kind of maybe lay out a few different types of swing thoughts? Like, uh, you know, like thinking about internally on your, you know, your movements or uh, could you kind of maybe share some examples and different types of thoughts that people can have? Yeah, in terms of how how we might categorize them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because one, you know, one swing thought is not the same as, you know, as as another from a whole a whole number of um perspectives. So if you're going to look at the, you know, the different types of swing thoughts, you've obviously got in in the way that you've alluded to there the internal external focus of attention, which is I'm sure most of your listeners will be fairly aware of that, which is a brilliant line of research. So internal focus being on your body and how you kind of control that and external being on more of the effect of the movement. So, in, you know, in the golf swing, that's going to be predominantly the, the club and the club face. The idea there being that you're, you know, if you're focusing on the external factors, i.e. the club face, then you are just then allowing your body to and your brain to self-organize the movement in order to you know, coordinate the club face. And in that way, you're going to be much more automatic. The research would suggest a lot less prone to, to breaking down under pressure as well. So, I mean, there's huge advantages of that external focus, whereas internal focus, you know, you've got to really think about how the body moves. And that may not be in a way that relates to the to the task. You know, you might be thinking a lot about your, your backswing when you're chipping, and that may give you a fantastic backswing, but not necessarily the right distance on the shot or the strike, etc. So that's yeah, that's the, the internal external focus. But you know, there's there's lots of other um, categories as well. So then you've got the kind of part movement or holistic movement. So you know how how much you break break the movement down is um you know is significant as well, isn't it? I mean, if if I'm if I'm just thinking on the course about um I don't know turn turn back turn through, I mean that's a, that's that that thought pretty much covers the whole the whole swing, but in very broad terms. Whereas, you know, if I've broken my swing down into where my elbow points at the top of the back swing and you know and maybe another checkpoint too, well, yeah, they they are two very precise and you know distinct alignments I'm trying to create. I mean that is going to break down the, the fluidity of the of the motion. But that's not to say it's you know it's completely wrong. If you if you've practiced 
while thinking about those two, you know, those two swing thoughts. And it, and that that thought process has been chunked and it's something that you can now deal with quite easily, then that, that may, may work for you very nicely. But um, certainly not, you know, as a, as a new swing thought on the day, I would, I would keep it very broad. And ideally, a, a whole movement focus would be a lot better under pressure. So we've defined swing thoughts and defined a few types of swing thoughts. Could you lay out your your research that you did? I started out with that as a, I mean, I'm a fairly analytical chap. And um, as a young player, I would it's, I would choke something horribly in, in, in competition. Um, I mean, I could show, shoot 20 shots more than I did in the practice round. I mean, properly choke. And, and when that when that would happen, I would be you know absolutely riddled with swing thoughts, um, trying to control every aspect of the movement. And, and that's, you know, that's something that, that pressure does to to, to a lot of us it, it makes us want to kind of control and make sure that we don't we don't mess up and i'm sure a lot of your a lot of your listeners will will relate to that and then you know and in, as, as things progressed and i became a coach i got involved in a, in a brilliant um, academy and their whole kind of um philosophy was about you know moving fluidly and not not thinking too much about about the technique and as much as you know i would say that's that's fairly limited it, it does have huge, huge benefits so the research was had this fantastic intervention which um basically stopped people thinking about their swing other than a few very basic holistic thoughts and the idea was you would you'd get yourself focused behind the ball have your practice swing you'd walk into the ball plant your feet and hit it i mean not not in a completely happy gilmore way but, you know, you've got enough time to set yourself and then get moving. But what you don't have enough time to do is to stand over the ball, stop, think, worry and engage in all the kind of self-instruction that you know, would, would typically go on when you're when you're standing on the first tee. That intervention I used, used to use a lot. I mean, I still use it, but I mean, I used to use it a lot. Used with the right person at the right time is, is um, unbelievably transformational. I mean, I've seen people who are at their wits end with the game all of a sudden move fluidly and balance powerfully. And the strike is um, you know, entirely different to what they, they would have expected previously just by being forced into that state of, of automaticity and, and low swing thought. So, those results were undeniable and I've seen them time and time again. But I was also seeing golfers who I would I would I had used the same kind of intervention with and it just didn't work. I mean, in fact it made it made them worse and I'd had to kind of back out very quickly. So now after a few years of doing this, I mean I could see there was something with it. Um so I wanted to I wanted to um obviously pursue that and, and, and get some get some research done. And there wasn't much research done on it at the time. I mean any research done on automaticity, so that's the, you know, not thinking about your swing in golf is all done on putting. And um, putting is, um, is a, you know, completely different task mechanically, um, obviously. So we were going into new, into new territory, really, with the full swing. There, there'd been no, no, um, no studies on the full swing and swing thoughts previously. So there we go. I mean, the, the aim was really, if I'm honest, for me to find out why this works and how I can make it work with more people and then revolutionize the way that we learn and play golf. But as the study panned out, it turned out to be a lot more complicated than that. So the first of five studies was on, I mean, we, we looked, we looked at the, we looked at that, that intervention under pressure, non-pressure and you know, compared the two. And then what we found initially, and bear in mind this, this was with fairly good players. I mean, these were all um, six handicap and below, 
And we found that there, as a group, there wasn't any any difference as to when they were, you know, using the intervention or not using the intervention. And, you know, and incidentally, we were we were monitoring and checking whether it had reduced their swing thought, which which was confirmed. I mean, the intervention worked on that front, but their performance hadn't hadn't changed, which was, you know, somewhat disappointing because I really thought I, I was onto something with this drill. So, you know, over the next few years, we did lots of variations of the drill. We, we gave people time to go away and practice it and get used to it because it was slightly harsh being forced to stand to stand on the tee quickly and hit it. But even after practice, um, there was no group-wise, group-wise um, results um, from a performance standpoint. So, you know, scratching our heads, we looked further through the data. And I mean, it was pretty clear that some people were getting better when, when they were forced to not think about their swing. And they were getting better in a very obvious and you know um, in, impressive way some people's um, performance got a bit worse so that's that's why the whole kind of group wise um, average ne- never improved so then we had to start digging around as to you know, try and find out why some people are getting better and, and why why some people aren't and that took us down the route of looking at um, personality traits yeah i think that it changes <laughs> I don't think that, like, uh, you know, I've played good golf with all different types of swing thoughts, I feel like. And it's not necessarily uh, what the thought is. It's kind of how it makes me feel or, you know, kind of the state that it puts me in. That's interesting. So, I mean, I would imagine that you, like many of us, would have had the experience of playing some really good golf and then on reflection thinking, you know, crikey, I didn't, I didn't actually think about my swing at any point in that round. Yes, absolutely. And, and that's fairly common, isn't it? You know, we, we look back on our, on our best rounds of golf and, and that's, that's the case. Um, so, I mean, like if, if you're like me, you'd have then thought, oh, okay, well maybe perhaps the next round then I'm going to, I'm going to commit to not thinking about my swing. Have you tried that? Yes. How's that worked out? Not always great because you miss a shot or you miss a couple shots and then you then you start to think about it. Yeah. So does that, so I mean, you know, that was a that was a, a place I was in for for a long time. Um, you know, all all the advice and the and the sports sites would say don't think about your swing. So so now I'm thinking, okay, does that mean I just need to be you know more more disciplined and 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 keep that kind of process of not thinking about my swing, or is there something maybe flawed in the in the logic? You know, and if and if things are going wrong and the ball's you know going offline, just not thinking about your swing isn't isn't going to bring it back, is it? No, I would I would suggest anyway. So um so yes, it's a really it's a really new nuanced um, area. You know, it isn't isn't just one one thing works for everybody, and and not not even the same thing works for the same person. Um, you know, from day to day, the same type of thought won't won't always work. But there are yeah, there are some some really good and strong areas that we that we can take from this. Um, so sorry, just going back to research. What we did find then was that people with a larger working memory capacity, so basically the ability to hold on to information in their head and process at the same time, which is what we're doing when we're when we're swinging with swing thoughts, these people did a lot better with the intervention. So these people were able to walk up to the ball, you know, put their feet in and hit it fairly quickly. Those people tended to get better with the intervention. Um, those with a small working memory capacity or smaller didn't do so well. We also looked at other cognitive traits, such as whether people were predominantly had a processing style of being auditory or more visual. So, so the auditory people were, were thinking more kind of verbal terms, lots of self-talk anyway, and the um, the visual people would would obviously thinking more in pictures. And again, there was quite a big difference there. The the audit the the, the verbalizers as they were called, the, the auditory people found that found the intervention again a lot more a lot more helpful. 
So, I mean, those were just just two personality traits. I'm sure there's a whole host of personality traits that would link in with this, not to mention all the different types of swing thoughts, where you are with your swing. I mean, you know, it is complex. Hey, I just want to jump in here real quick. If you're enjoying this conversation and you enjoy Noel's kind of outside the box coaching philosophy and, you know, his whole approach, which I think is just so good based on his research and the way that he approaches things, you might want to check out some of his online coaching. He has this online training program, which is really unique. It's not your traditional kind of a approach. And it's very much aligned with the way that, that I think and the way that Golf Science Lab uh, approaches getting better at golf. He has this background in learning and making sure that we are learning effectively and practicing effectively. So anyways, I thought that you all would enjoy it. And Knowles has given us a great discount here for us all. You can use a coupon code GSLAB20 to get a discount when you check this program out. There's a link in the post along with this. Otherwise, you can go to golfsciencelab.com slash Noel, N-O-E-L. Check out what he is up to. I, I can't recommend it enough. Anyways, let's get back to the chat. And that's the thing with swing thoughts. You know, I might I might have a swing thought because I'm changing my swing. And let's face it, if you're going to change your swing and try and improve, you're going to need swing thoughts. I mean, there are there are ways to improve your swing without swing thoughts, but they will take forever and be hugely frustrating. So, you know, at some point you are going to need to get technical and think about your swing. And that's a, you know, that's a big challenge for for coaches and on how to how to manage that that level of swing thought and, and cognitive load during the lesson. If we were to like kind of maybe download or summarize your study into a few sentences, you know, the cliff notes for somebody here, what would be those cliff notes for them as a golfer thinking about their swing thoughts? What do they need to know, would you say? They would need to know what works for them. I mean, that's probably the biggest one. External is always, always going to be helpful, I would suggest. Not necessarily for long time learning, but I mean, if your ball is going offline, focusing on on controlling the club face and how you deliver that, I mean, that will almost guarantee a significant improvement without thinking about how you're how you're having to, to deal with it and deliver it on a more a more technical manner. Just that focus on on delivering a you know a square club face. In the same way that, you know, when you're playing in the wind, you know, good players report of of having far less swing thoughts because they just can't deal with all the all the complexities of the swing. They just focus on what is absolutely critical to the shot, which is is going to be club face delivery in terms of um, you know, obviously loft in the wind and also um, face angle. So so that's one. I mean, focus on the things that really matter. So externally, that would be that would be club face balance, fluidity, big um big holistic thoughts like you know turn back turn through stay in balance would always trump smaller detailed elements of the swing for you know everybody listening how would you suggest that they go find a better swing thought or they go find you know their their next swing thought are there any exercises or any any kind of ways that you help help students do that well, I mean, that's that's down to where they are with their with their technique, isn't it? I mean, um, couldn't give a blanket idea there. I mean, depends what they're trying to achieve in their movement. What I will say is, you know, the trends I've seen are high handicap players are far more ball focused than low handicap players. I mean, 
most professionals would report of not really looking at the ball and certainly not thinking about it a great deal, which is in massive contrast to, you know, to weekend golfers who have a strong ball focus. And, and you can see it in, in the movement, in which case, I mean, the thought to, to just turn through and end in good balance, I think is brilliant. I mean, um, having any thoughts that are beyond impact, I, I think are, are generally very good. And far more helpful than you know, positioning of the of the club at the top of the backswing, etc. Trying trying to get to a good finish is a, is always a, a good thought to have. Do you recommend that people go through you, that flow intervention that you used? Absolutely, hundred percent. Definitely give it a go on the on the driving range. Like I say, I mean, it's not for absolutely everybody. Some people will, yeah, you know, just completely love it. Um, definitely. I mean, I, I've played tournaments with it. I mean, I, I loved it um, so much. I mean, bearing in mind, you know, I was super analytical and, you know, paralysis by analysis. I mean, that, that was me and, and especially under pressure. So, so I used to use it in practice and then in tournaments, I just committed myself to stick into that process and not, you know, not trying to control every part of my movement. And it was incredible. I really started to move more athletically and enjoyed it. And in fact, somebody... Somebody at the weekend came over, somebody I'd never met, came over and shook my hand and he said he bought my app like years ago. And he said the one thing he took from it was that drill. And he said, I've enjoyed my game um, so much more ever since um, you know, doing just that drill. And he, and he literally plays with it. This is some guy I'd never met before. That's amazing. Could you walk through it step by step so someone could do it if they're just listening to this? Yeah, yeah. So, um, so it's called the flow drill. And, and the aim is that, you know, you're standing behind the ball. I don't know, say three three paces, and you do all your thinking and your preparation there. So you, you know, you're not being mindless. You're, you're doing your, your shot planning. You're picking your target. Have your practice swing there, and you know, in your practice swing, have a maybe two two swing thoughts. But then align yourself behind the behind the the line of the ball and the target. And then once you commit to to walking in, it's like putting your lead foot on a on a conveyor belt you know it, the, the thing is moving and there's nothing that's going to stop you now other than putting your feet in and and setting the club moving so the big thing is then not to worry too much about where you're aiming and your ball position etc because that that's you know that's now you know creating all that internal checking and self-referencing put your feet down get reasonably comfortable and the moment that club touches the ground near the ball you take it away and begin the swing What about how swing thoughts change so much? You know, even high-level players on tour, etc. You know, talk about using a lot of different swing thoughts. They don't seem to have much longevity of using the same thought for I don't know a year, right? Anecdotally, you don't hear that pretty much ever. At least I haven't. No, but it'll, it'll probably come back around, won't it? I mean, yeah. Uh, I mean, if it works, it works. If it doesn't, I mean, if it, if it works, it stays in the bag. It's like a putter, I suppose. It stays in the bag for a while and then gets forgotten and then then comes back again i mean anecdotally that that is interesting though i mean all the information on you know not thinking about your swing and, and there's a lot of that and there's a lot of sports psychologists who do do suggest you don't think about your swing anecdotally you know tour players a lot of tour players think a lot about their swing i mean i have it on on fairly good information that justin rose has three or four different swing thoughts on every swing and in fact, you can see it in his preparation, you know, the amounts of processing that goes through in, in the planning of his movement is um, phenomenal. I saw an article with McElroy who, who said that he needs to have at least a couple of swing thoughts, if nothing else, to keep him focused on the process and not so much on the, you know, on the results and where he is in the tournament, etc. So, yeah, swing thoughts do a, do a lot of different things for, for different people, whether it is a, is a mechanical guide and a, literally a movement cue or whether it's just a, a comfort and a distraction from other less helpful thoughts. 
just curious on your perspective, why do you think this idea of you can't think about your golf swing has become so like, that's like a sports psych kind of pop concept <laughs> that has spread so rapidly and everybody kind of thinks is true? I think because it, it can work. I mean, firstly, on a very simple skill, I mean, it's a pretty it's a pretty good way to go. So, for example, putting, the mechanics of a putting stroke are pretty simple, really. And in which case, I would suggest don't think about your swing is a, is a, is a good piece of advice, given that, you know, the the task is to, to judge the speed and the curve, etc. You don't, don't want to be thinking about controlling your elbows and etc. So, yeah, on a on mechanically simple exercise, you want to be fully automatic, certainly something that is repetitive. So from a research point of view, you know, a lot of the research is done on a six foot putt in a lab that you hit, you know, 50 balls at a time and then you do another 50 balls. You do want to be completely automatic in that scenario. That's where the research is coming from. But it's not, I mean, that's not the same as hitting, hitting a, you know, a three iron into, into a crosswind with a ball below your feet, is it? I mean, that's an entirely different, <laughs> entirely different task. So there's that, there's the research, which is, you know, a little bit unrealistic, but also that experience we talked about earlier. I mean, we, we've all played great golf and looked back and felt, crikey, you know, I was in that sense of complete flow where I didn't have to, didn't have to think there was kind of space and time and I was totally into the task, you know, and that is flow. But, you know, as we mentioned earlier, not thinking about your swing isn't going to get you into a state of flow. It is just part of flow that, you know, is obviously recognised. I think that's the big thing. We play great golf when we're, you know, sorry, when we play great golf, we're often not thinking about our swing too much. But, you know, the reverse is not true. So if, if someone's listening, they should try the flow drill. I think they should try out. I don't know if you're familiar with Vision 54, but like in their book, Be a Player, or their app, they have a ton of different cues, you know, or concepts that you can go out and try as far as swing thoughts, which I think are just awesome and try to find you know, something there potentially that really strikes home for you or gets you in a good place. And any other kind of actions that you think people should take or? Well, I mean, it's going to sound under pressure. I mean, it would be a really good exercise just to be aware of how their swing thoughts are changing when they're under pressure. I mean, typically under pressure, we are likely to control more, uh, think more and, you know, and protect. So, you know, it would be fairly normal to be more guided, stiff, have more swing thoughts under pressure and that's definitely a trend to try and buck try and be more free-flowing and, and more trusting as the you know as the pressure grows hey thank you so much for listening you've got to check out what noel is up to he has some uh, amazing coaching going on he, he's kind of outside the box he's a little bit different than what everyone else is doing out there and he has some some online programs, some online coaching training that you should go check out that is really unique and it aligns with our kind of our mission and the way that we view things here at Golf Science Lab. So if you enjoy this podcast, go check it out. We have a link on the post along with the, a discount to some of the, the online training that he offers if you're interested in that. It's a good deal. He's got a lot of a lot of value to offer here. So head over to the post along with this episode and uh, check out what Noel has going on. If you're not subscribed to the podcast, make sure to subscribe so you can catch all the episodes every week right here. This episode was edited, mixed, and produced by Just Hit Publish Productions.